add one part kinetic energy, two parts angular momentum, a dash of rotational dynamics, then stir it up. And serve with a generous dose of string theory. Ooh, this is great. But like, what is it? It's based on an Enneract, which is a nine-dimensional polytope. Ooh, pretty. Science is a beautiful thing. Welcome back to Heavy Metal, a podcast about Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Ethan Brundine, and each week, myself and a guest will take you through a mystery from somewhere in the vast history of the greatest cartoon of all time. My guest this week is Jesse Catherine Weber, coming back for the fourth time. And the episode that we are discussing is Scooby-Doo and Guess Who, Season 1, Episode 26. Space Station Scooby. Jesse, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I have two responses to your um, your introduction, or two things that I want to respond to. Um, By all means, go ahead. One is that this is, of course... Uh, my fifth time on the pod, uh, my fourth time, excuse me, on yes. the podcast, but that is leaving the door open for, to join the Five Timers Club eventually, and I am aware that you have, I believe, one other guest who has also appeared four times, uh, who is yes. perhaps my competition, this guest can uh remain nameless though i would in the name of magnanimity like to make the offer now that if this guest would like to enter the five timers club on the same episode so as not to be in conflict with each other i'm happy to do that uh, but if this offer is turned down, then I fully expect to be first. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you are, you are making your stance very clear. Yep. Here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. I believe in open communication. Open communication, as long as it involves you being the first to five times. Sure. Yeah. Co-first, but you just have to be the first one. Yes. I, I'm okay. not willing I to be second, I suppose, is the headline. Or third fair or enough. fourth or fifth. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, okay, well, but, uh, I mean... If this person is listening, you mm -hmm. know, then um, take that into consideration. Yep. And we will see where that leads us, won't we? Yep, we'll just have to see. Uh, and the second thing is that I believe normally in your introduction you say the episode that my guest has selected is blank. Yes. Of course, that is not exactly what happened in this case. And I think maybe I'm just gonna perform a little bit 
of, um, I'm going to perform a little bit of one-person theater, um, Uh and just to let our audience know how we got to this point, uh, so, I'm going to start with, uh, I'm just going to start at the beginning of, uh, April 30th, 2022, in our direct message history. Uh, You say, Jesse, we gotta get you back on the podcast. And I say, yeah. Been too long. I would just do the weird special from last year, but could also find a regular episode. Your choice. I trust you. I haven't watched the special, so I don't know how much is actually there. Yeah. You know what? I think I want to do Guess Who. Heads or tails? You say heads. I will say I did not... There was no coin flipping. I don't know why I said heads or tails. Those were just general (laughs) identifiers. Uh, But anyway, I then say, Great, you just dodged a real bullet. And then I send a screenshot from Noteplaid++ in which I had typed Heads Welker... Tails, Nye Tyson. You say, ooh, that other one sounds really enticing, though. Uh, yeah, I would have to imagine both would produce a lot of material. You would have to imagine, yeah. You would have to imagine that. Uh, and then you say, I want to do Nye Tyson. And I say, (laughs) okay. Uh, and then there's some discussion that maybe we'll get into later. I think that's the main part. So anyway, just to be clear, you picked this episode. Um, yeah, I, I, did, I do think it's funny that you... I did put it on a you, list of two, so I will take yeah. the... I will take the mea culpa on that. It's very funny that you read those messages in which I started out by saying, I trust you, and then... <laughs> turned down your first idea and then changed your second idea. Yes, that's right. So, so that is what you know, happened. Make of that what you will, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, we're talking about um, the season one finale of Scooby Doo and Guess Who, Space Station Scooby. Um, right, and this is this is the next thing that came up in those messages is that. It is the season one finale. You've told me that is the case, and that's what IMDb says. It is not the last episode listed on HBO Max, which is very strange. They seem to have entirely reordered at least that first season. This is, I believe, the 12th episode listed on HBO Max. And perhaps the reason for that is that... uh, this episode is a pitiful season finale. I mean, I I guess I should just... I guess there's more table setting to do, which is that um, when I said, you know what, I think I want to do an episode of Guess Who, I had never seen an episode of Guess Who. <laughs> I believe when I was last on during Gruskamumo. I laid down yeah. the gauntlet of I would like to induct something into the rut tier 
but I would like it to not be racist, was the parameters I had set for myself. In the meantime, in the meantime, I had kind of gone, you know what, that sounds annoying. I don't want to do that. Um, (laughs) and I won't spoil what tier I think this should go in, but I will say this is easily the worst episode of Scooby-Doo I've ever seen. Okay. Okay. I see. So maybe my first question for you is, we discussed this episode a little bit. I know you also don't like it. How does it compare Mm. to a normal, to most episodes of Scooby-Doo and Guess Who? Um, I think that Scooby-Doo and Guess Who has different levels mm-hmm. that it can operate on. Mm-hmm. Um, very often it is not good. Um, uh-huh. It is often dependent on the guest uh-huh. or the scenario in which the episode takes place. Um, in this case, I think that you know, Scooby-Doo on a space station is a fun idea. You know, they've done it before to good sure. effect. Um, it's, like, the scenario is good, even if the monster is, like, the lamest thing in the world. But It's, um, not, you know, like, it's not a great idea. It's really, like, I mean, I get, I can see where the impulse comes from of, we've done so many different monsters, we should do a unique one. But... It doesn't really work. Yeah, it is creative brackets derogatory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. That is what it is. (laughs) I do wonder how much creative input the guest stars had into their episodes and this one in particular. Because there's things like that where I'm like... That could have been a Neil deGrasse Tyson pitch. Uh, but then there's also yes. things where I'm like, I'm kind of surprised that that's the way that he allowed his character to be written. I am really fascinated with the behind the scenes of this scenario. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I didn't find any information on it, but I really want to know, like, what... what <laughs> Neil and Bill brought to the table if they were even uh-huh. in the same room at any point, um, you know, because famously they do not care for one another at all. Um, they Did I know? I don't, is that famous? I don't think I knew that. I'm not surprised, but I mean, it may just be rumors and stuff. Maybe I certainly believe it. They, uh, well. yeah, they have um, differing styles. I think. Yeah. But they occupy the same space, basically. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I guess, yeah, let's talk about them. What is your sure. relationship with Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson? Um, I Just... mean, Bill Nye's uh, television show, Bill Nye the Science Guy, mm-hmm. great show, always enjoyed watching it. He seems like a pretty cool guy. Uh, I, I saw him participate in the, uh, MLB Legends and Celebrities softball game in 2018. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, pro Bill Nye, certainly. Whereas Neil deGrasse Tyson, I, uh, as a young person, um, was in, like, frequently in, like, math science type programs in school. And so certainly, especially the age that I was, there's a lot of, like, look at this cool guy, um, which, like, I maybe yeah. bought into at one point. Um, but it certainly became clear at a point that um, his online presence is... Uh, he's just real annoying. That is a wonderful way. Yeah, um, and there is the interesting. There's the interesting thing that comes up in this episode of like, what is what is he like? I feel like because yes, like yes. Bill Nye, I feel like 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 I don't know that either of them in what they do now can really be called like scientists, and I don't think i i don't think yeah. that bill nye has ever he's a science guy he's not a scientist uh but especially neil degrasse tyson i feel like it is easy to ask like what is he and the thing they seem to settle on uh both when they're introducing them and like bill nye it would be easy to be like hey he's like a science educator um but the thing that they settle on to describe the two of them is that they are science advocates, which, um... Yes. I don't know. I guess... One of the worst terms. Yeah. Like, I, I guess it's not great. true. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, it specifically calls... Bill Nye is the one who, like, debated the anti-evolution guy, like, ten years ago, right? I think that was yes. him. yeah. And so it's specifically calling, like, that type of shenanigans, which is, like, the most annoying version of either of them. Bill Nye, even yes. as, like, a guy who I like, that is, like, come on, that, you're wasting your time. Um, this is my thing. I... You know, obviously Bill Nye the Science Guy was a great program that I enjoyed a lot as a kid. You know, like whenever they would put that on the TV in class, it was the best day of the, of the week. You know, you'd be like, holy cow, wow, we get to learn about helium or something here. You know? Yeah. But, um, mm -hmm. but I think that his presence over the years, he's clearly become more of a sourpuss to put it in, in sure. terms you know like which is fine um yeah he's not, he's not required to be a, a bright cheerful guy for me because that's how, what he sure. was when I was a kid however mm -hmm. i think that his um his public persona has started to drift closer to neil degrasse tyson's which is i think um, that's true though i think be. i think the difference is that He's, they certainly have drifted closer together, but I think that even now, Bill Nye does not have the constant drive to be annoying 
that Neil yes. deGrasse Tyson yeah. has, except for in this episode of Scooby-Doo, in which they are portrayed as equally annoying. Yes, I do think that Bill Nye probably genuinely cares about, like, educating the public or something. Like, he considers that yeah. his, his mission as a person. Whereas mm-hmm. I think that Neil deGrasse Tyson just wants to be seen as the smartest man on the planet when he's just, like, yeah. a guy who reads Scientific American sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I assume he, he has learned. some fancy degree, but, yeah. Sure. Probably. Yeah, you know, like, fancy degrees don't mean that much. College is stupid. Um, but yeah, like, I think you're right. And, like, it's easy to see why that would be a frustrating uh, position for Bill Nye to be in, given uh, yeah. how the public, uh, less the public and more the sort of uh, certain segments of politicians have been responding to climate change i think yeah it makes sense that as someone who cares about educating the planet and cares about educating the, the the planet in general and cares about science that it would be very frustrating to see that uh a blatant disregard to science is likely to be our ruin as a people yeah. uh yeah. But yeah, it is therefore a bummer that the take that the two writers, uh, that the writers seem to have on the two of them, which does ultimately beg the question why were they invited to be on the show, is just they're both really annoying. Yeah, yeah. And I do wonder if there was like a, like, a quarrelsome thing where like, like a, towering inferno scenario where they're like well we have to be in equal positions we have to both be in the episode the same amount of time we both have to save the day at different points and we both have to seem very smart that's um, true i mean like i like yeah when i read the um like the imd plot summary i was like oh is this going to be like a Bill Nye is the guest, and, like, it made it sound like Neil deGrasse Tyson might be in almost more of, like, a Daphne-type damsel-in-distress-type situation, uh, right. where he needs to be rescued. That is not the case. Um, he's there from moment one. Um. Yeah. And then, Yeah. Maybe we just get into the episode now, unless you have anything else you want to get into. No, yeah, let's do it. If anything pops out at us, we will bring it up. But um, Mm -hmm. Space Station Scooby. We start out with a cold open on what I thought was the ISS, but is in fact the um, multinational space station. Mm. um, Where... Neil deGrasse Tyson is on the the space station for some reason. He's like yeah. doing real experiments. Um, he's alongside some French scientists. Yeah, he is there they... with uh, four people: uh, two mm-hmm. French scientists, a Russian scientist, and I believe a Japanese scientist. All of whom are yeah. played by either. Um, Gray Delisle Griffin or D. Bradley Baker. Uh, I believe they play yep. all of. I mean, there only are those four characters who are not either the gang 
Bill Nye or Neil deGrasse Tyson. So they take on the entirety of the other four characters. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> which does make you wonder why they chose to have a person from Japan out of all the countries. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. like, you might as well just have had it her be from Belgium or something. Yep. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it, I'm not certain that i don't think i don't i don't remember if they ever say this character is japanese i'm just assuming the name aiko spelled a-i-k-o is a japanese name it is yeah Yeah. it is a a traditionally japanese Mm -hmm. name we see them running through a japanese um person's like sleeping quarters later on oh sure um they are uh, the characters stylized to be Asian, um, like in the in the drawing. Uh, so, uh-huh. uh, just I just don't understand why he would do this. Yeah, I <laughs> like, mean, I suppose it's possible that they wrote the script and then we're told we can only hire one extra voice actor uh, for yeah. this episode. Yeah, I guess they could have had D. Bradley Baker into. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's much better. No, no, it isn't. Um, so yeah, that's uh, those that's that's the crew. You got Aiko, you got Olga from Russia, and you've got Jean Pierre or Jacques Pierre and Pierre Jacques. Yes, two Frenchmen. Uh huh. Which is a little bit of um. I believe this is a Dan Harmon term, a little bit of a Monopoly man, in that the only reason they are named that is so that other characters can go, what? Why would anyone be named that? Uh, yeah. Which, you know, I I don't think that Scooby-Doo would ever necessarily been above that level of writing, but... It does immediately no. stick out. Yeah, I I mean it's it's just not that be fine funny if... an example of the supposed lazy comedic device. Even whether it's lazy or fine. not, it's like Yeah. Eh. Okay. Their it names would be are fine Jacques Pierre and Pierre Jean. They didn't it'd be fine if they didn't like um have a line where they're like that's so weird you know yeah just like hey it's jacques pierre and yeah pierre i agree at least a joke yes right? it, it is if they had just done it, the thing it would be like okay fair enough yep 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 um so that is what's happening here and uh they are doing experiments on some tardigrades uh mm-hmm. yeah, these little as they're called water bears, um, so yep. microscopic organisms that are known for their resilience. Um, they're mm-hmm. classic. You're like 15 in science class and some annoying yeah. friend of yours is like, have you heard of this thing that can survive being you know, blown up and shot or whatever? <laughs> you're like, okay, yep. mm-hmm. that's kind of cool, I guess. Real science is awesome type. Yeah. yeah. The problem, of course, is that normally they are too small to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is this is Neil's point. He's hanging out 
while the while Jack Pierre and Pierre Jacques are doing genetic testing, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Man, these things are really cool. Wouldn't it be awesome if they could be huge?" It's like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. I guess. That'd I mean, cool. I I think they'd be. <laughs> You know, it would be more interesting if there was a thing that had all these properties and also we could see it. Yeah, it would be much scarier as well. It would be scarier, especially if it still had those properties and was able to demonstrate that it has those properties. Yeah, yeah. Um, So they're like, yeah, that'd be crazy, wouldn't it? And then Olga's like, ugh, you're so annoying. And then she leaves. Mm -hmm. And uh, they drop something onto the tardigrade and then all of a sudden it starts to grow to a massive scale huge scale um we're talking like uh 10 feet tall basically huge huge thing and um neil and and aiko get out of the uh get out of the lab but jacques pierre and pierre jacques are trapped in there and Mm -hmm. they we basically watch their death. What Perhaps is their death. Perhaps yes. yes. So this is this is our cold open, and I guess I had two primary um, uh, two primary observations about uh, this cold open. Uh, one being, yeah, he is just. Neil deGrasse Tyson is just going to be annoying in this episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. They get right into it. Uh, And the other is that this looks cheap as shit. Yes. Uh, Which, you know, can't be surprising for what is a boomerang original. But uh, the way in which it looks cheap, I do not personally fine to be charming in the way it sometimes is with scooby-doo no i agree we, we, i've talked about this before um like the old stuff is obviously very cheap too but like cheap in a way that you can see the seams and everything and like, yeah. it feels charming like you can see yes. the work that the animators put in this just looks like a flash animation and yes in very ugly it's very like yeah exactly it, it just brings about in this, it isn't like, oh, wow, look at what, what they're able to do under the limitations. It just really is like, oh, look at how cheap the company is that they're yeah. just churning out content like this. Um, which is a shame, you know? But um, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? I do yeah. think that when we come back from the uh, cold open, we see what I think is the absolute worst piece of animation in the history of Scooby-Doo, which is when they are doing their homage to the right stuff you know the classic uh uh-huh. slow motion yeah space uh-huh. and their way of doing that is to do one frame per second of the gang <laughs> walking forwards so it just looks like literally just an, an image that that changes to a different image and that without being animated at all like it mm-hmm. looks horrible it looks so bad i was like what do you couldn't have found a different way to do this <laughs> like uh, they could have, but really I bad. bet they found the easiest way to do it. Probably. You're probably right. Um, just was horrible to look at. I was, I was furious. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not good. I mean, I guess what we maybe are missing is that, like, uh, this animation comes from cheapness, but it may also come from animators who are being exploited being like, how can we get home as quickly as possible? Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, uh, more power to them, I guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So we we do not blame the people who animated this episode of Scooby-Doo. We blame no. the people who uh, did not pay them enough. In all yep. likelihood. Yep. So the gang, they got on their spacesuits and they are, are here with... Neil De- or excuse me, Bill Nye. Bill Nye. And here with mm-hmm. Bill Nye, who has personally invited them on board his own space Voyager, is what uh, Velma calls it. Mm-hmm. It's a rocket ship, basically. And um, he's going to take them to a surprise location. Which is yeah. crazy. It, it, yeah, it's a surprise location. And Daphne says something like, why won't he just tell us uh, what it is, and Velma's like, I think I know. But we never find out what it is that Velma thought she knew. Like, did she think they were gonna go to the moon? Or did she just think they were gonna go to this fictional space station? Um, entirely unclear, and never, um, never addressed. This is also the point at which I have... I have not seen, had not, or rather had not heard Kate Micucci play Velma, and I, I know you've talked about, like, she's gotten better, and, like, I kind of was just like, eh, it wasn't working for me at first, and then I kind of got used to it. Uh, and frankly, I had the same experience with Matthew Lillard, who, like, I have seen the movies in which he played Shaggy, but had not heard him voice Shaggy, and that also took... A moment of getting used to and then the third voice that took a bit of getting used to is that initially it did not sound bill nye did not sound like bill nye to me which you could say oh but right. he's gotten older but as i said i have seen him much more recently including in the 2018 MLB Legends and Celebrities softball game in which he still sounded like Bill Nye. He just sounds older. Uh, And again, I also got used to this, but there are many moments in this episode where I'm like, "Ah, that doesn't sound like what Bill Nye sounds like. Yeah, I I did experience something similar. You know what? Maybe he... I bet what it is is that he just, like, hadn't done voice acting and was not especially comfortable with it. That's probably it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is something that you run into a lot in Scooby-Doo and Guess Who is like, sure. oh, this person has never been in front of a microphone before. <laughs> right. Just a basketball player. <laughs> right, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you, 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 you kind of get what you pay for in those scenarios, I guess. Um, yeah. I, he, for sure kate micucci i mean whatever if she's gonna be around for for the next 10 years i guess i'll get used to it um so we've talked about this right we've talked about this before the 
the the only Scooby-Doo thing, or the only Scooby-Doo TV show in production right now is Velma. Is that live action? Velma will be a cartoon. And Mindy Kaling is playing Velma in that? I believe so, yes. Okay, so Uh, that... I think that that is the case. I do remember what happens after that. I mean... It won't be Kate Micucci either way, because she did right. explicitly say that um, she'll yeah. be of South Asian descent, so... Yes. At least I truly hope that that is not Kate Micucci. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine so. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess she's still doing the uh, the direct-to-video things, which, as we've yes. discussed in yeah. private, seem to be on a slightly weird hiatus, though there is seemingly another one ready to go that we just don't know where it is yeah scooby is kind of in limbo right now um yeah and with the way streaming works you know like velma could come out a year from now they could announce it next week and it'll there'll be a trailer and it'll be here you know the last week of may <laughs> who knows like yeah and, yeah, it's possible Velma is already streaming as you are listening to this episode. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, or maybe in uh, September we're going to get the Scooby-Doo fandom where the, the future of the <laughs> Scooby-Doo franchise is revealed. God, I hope so. Um, yeah. But yeah, Velma they, is if there is a, If there is a Scooby-Doo fandom, we should be allowed to report live from the Scooby-Doo fandom. Yeah, if they don't invite me, then um, yeah. I don't know what they're doing. You know? Absolutely. They're, I'm sure someone's got to send someone from, like, Clever News or whoever else will be covering these things. You know, Cheddar's mm-hmm. got to have a correspondent. Hook me up. I'll go. Uh-huh. I'll go. Um, so... Yes, we're we're here at the at the multinational space station. Uh, that's the surprise location. Um, yep, they got Shaggy and Scooby onto the ship with the promise of astronaut food. Um, uh huh. Cl- classic bit. They love that stuff. Yeah. Um, so we're here, and uh, I think I don't know why they can't just use International Space Station. Um, um like, I don't know. Is They're... that a trademark that people? hold i don't know there must be some kind there must be like some like i'm sure there's a reason i don't know if i'm i i don't recall who owns the international space station um but yeah i don't know maybe may i don't know i did I watched this episode roughly one and three quarters times, and one thing that really sunk in towards the end of that last three quarters is that they really uh, do not seem to be taking being in space with the proper level of seriousness. So it's easy for me to see how someone involved with the International Space Station would look at the script and be like, listen, I get this is a silly cartoon, but also even the things that are happening just on like a human decision level, we cannot sanction the idea that these things would happen on the International Space Station. I mean, that is very possible. (laughs) Um, They certainly are are, uh, 
pretty reckless here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so, they uh, multiple times uh, make some really quick decisions with potentially disastrous consequences. Yes, things that would not only cost you your life, but also like a trillion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, but I mean, right off the bat, they they probably weren't happy about the fact that they come across this space station in which there's just debris floating around and everyone is missing. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, that is not a good look. Yeah. Um, but um, as uh, as you know, Velma and everyone else is quick to realize this means we've got a mystery. That's right. Boy, do we. A mystery in which, due to the setting, there are so many suspects. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. There's. You got Neil deGrasse Tyson. You got. Yeah. Certainly. Has. Has the. uh, How. how, In how many Scooby Doo and Guess Who's has the, uh, the guest star been the culprit? They do it sometimes. Okay. Um, it's probably like an F6 on their keyboard, you know. Not the mm-hmm. first thing they go to, but it's down Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But Neil deGrasse... Um, uh, you would especially think in an episode, both Neil deGrasse Tyson is not the best candidate for that. Also, he would not allow for him to be the villain exactly. and Bill Nye yes. to be the hero. Yeah, that would be... <laughs> crazy for him to agree to that um, yeah so uh sorry. and then you also yeah. said um, aiko who perhaps for the better does not really ever register as a character and therefore never really registered for me as a suspect right which really just leaves olga olga who is missing vanished. at this point because she yeah. ran away and then the also missing, presumed dead, Jacques-Pierre and Pierre-Jacques. Yes. So, exactly. not um, a lot of options. I feel like they're... Uh, Olga is being set up as the more cantankerous character, I suppose. Uh, right. Which perhaps... Russians which perhaps makes villainous. her That's true, she is Russian. Um, which perhaps in Scooby-Doo logic, makes her the obvious red herring. We will see. Right. Um, there's this weird bit here where Shaggy and Scooby like get really excited about getting Bill Nye to say he doesn't know something. Um, right. Because they ask him the boiling point of peanut butter. Yeah, I don't know like, what that... What is that bit? You... you I don't understand. Who? Why do they? I think care? the joke is that they think it's funny to get him to say he doesn't know. Although he then proves that he doesn't know specifically because he knows so much else about boiling points that he couldn't say for certain without doing more research. Right. The, that the bit. Right. Over. It's like they're teeing up Bill Nye for his classic bit of being annoying by knowing too much about science, which is, of course, not his bit. It is Neil deGrasse Tyson's bit, but oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Then we get a bit where uh, Neil is locked in some closet or something and, Mm -hmm. and communicates to Bill via Morse code. 
mm-hmm. um, the password to get him out. And now they're here together, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye, together in space. Can you believe mm-hmm. it? Can you believe it? I mean, it? it's it's wild. Um, they, uh, yeah, I bet they'd love to go to space, either of them. I'm and sure it's never going to happen. No, it won't. Sorry. Sorry. Yep. Jeff Bezos picked William Shatner. Your your life is over, Neil. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. Um, I guess it is entirely possible that uh, Elon Musk invites one or both of them to space, and uh, who knows what either of their responses would be. I bet, I bet Neil deGrasse Tyson and Elon Musk probably despise each other. Probably. Um, as two other annoying men of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh so so neil's out they keep high-fiving it's so annoying they're like anytime they they mention science or how cool science is right yeah like stop it stop it stop doing that it drives me crazy Um, yeah i just this style of humor or whatever like well uh you know from a statistical standpoint it's actually this likely that you'll uh, oh my god that particular bit is like come the fuck on they're not gonna do that bit they know that that's vastly overdetermined they they may perhaps neither of them are the actually the best scientists in the world but like they understand significant figures and that that is yeah that that's one of the ones where i'm like why did they agree to do this bit it's not even like a bit that is sound on a scientific level um the other one which happens around this time where i'm like i this is the one where i'm like i guess i will give neil degrasse tyson the smallest amount of credit for agreeing to do this where it is like Part of what makes Scooby-Doo work is that, generally, the characters will suspend disbelief and seem to act as if there could be a real whatever-the-villain. And so, to his credit, he has the moment of, well, normally I would be skeptical, but in this case, that tardigrade looked pretty real, which, I don't know what about a man in a man or perhaps more than one man in a suit could possibly have convinced him that it might be a real giant tardigrade but it is to his credit that he was willing to have his character express that i suppose yeah um, it would be far more so, annoying if he spent the whole episode being like well obviously this isn't real that would be no yeah that yeah that would be sure. as bad as this episode is that would be substantially worse sorry i just got distracted because i clicked on neil degrasse tyson's twitter account um mm-hmm. can i read a tweet to you of course if you are filling a glass and reach the halfway point it's half full if you're <laughs> emptying a glass and reach the halfway point it's half <laughs> empty no need to invoke your emotional state um I don't think that's true. I think he's just saying nonsense to say it. Him? <laughs> Him? 
But that's not even him being pedantic. That just doesn't make sense. No, he's just... He's just saying something to seem smart and above uh, emotions, I guess? I guess. Um, I, yeah. It's really... He really has lost the plot, I think. Uh, not that he ever um, especially had it, but... I'm seeing that on March 14th, he tweeted at, like, 200 digits of pi, just in a tweet, that's all it was. And then he followed it up with another tweet that said, FYI, that was all the pie that Twitter could handle. Mm. I mean, that's... If he were just doing that, I'd be like, sure, whatever. That's just classic science guide, yeah. annoying Twitter thing, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not... It, yeah, if it's a human certainly... bites a vampire... <laughs> I, yeah, if a human bites a one. vampire, then shouldn't the vampire turn back into a human? And while we're at it, if a human bites a zombie, shouldn't it cure the zombie too? What are you talking about? Yeah, talking about? I, uh, yeah, it's truly just... Uh, it's nonsense. Yeah, it really... It, I don't know where he... I don't know how he had that thought or what could possibly have made him think... it. I mean, I guess that must be him doing a bit, but him being serious is so annoying that you can't really tell when he's doing a bit, even though I assume that must be what that is. Yeah, I mean... Like, I guess that's his attempt to, like, lean into the, like, aren't I so pedantic and trying to ruin everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um... We get a bit where where Velma interacts with him for the first time, and she's Mm -hmm. like, hey, one time at Space Camp, uh, I said that my last name was DeGrasse Tyson. Um, yeah. Is... Incredibly embarrassing for Velma. Uh, those other nerds yeah. must have hated her. Um, yes, yeah. And then, like, he is like a, well, well, well. Or you've, you're Velma. Nice to meet you. Which made me yeah. very uncomfortable. Because uh, he does have allegations against him. Um, mm, I wasn't. That women. sounds vaguely familiar. How old are they in this? Are they back to being teenagers in this one? They are. All, they're. They're adults. They're adults, they're adults in adults. this one. Okay. Well, at least eighteen years old. All right. I believe. All right. Um. So, but yeah, he he comes off as creepy in this interaction, yes. and she comes off as very embarrassing. Um. But um. Time has come where we got to investigate. Uh, uh, Aiko shows up. She shows us where Jacques-Pierre and Pierre-Jacques have vanished. This is where we get the great line. It's like, what are the odds of them both having that name? And then Bill oh, like, yeah. calculated uh-huh. it right then. Yeah. they high five. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, stop uh-huh. it. Stop it. I think that that was the point where I stopped to text you. I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> I don't like this at all. Yeah. <laughs> I had written um, in my notes this sucks uh, long before that, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, so they go upstairs, they find the that they're kind of like looking at all the research that's being done on the space station, and uh, and then uh, Neil is like, yeah, because, you know, we lo- science is great, and space is really cool, and our end goal is for 
astronauts to have colonized Mars by 2033, which means that the astronauts that will be making those missions are in middle school right now. Kids mm-hmm. like you. And then he points at the screen. Uh-huh. He's talking directly to me. Yep. I'm one of those kids. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess so. I don't know who the we that he's talking about is. Um, like, I don't... The scientific community. I guess. I guess. Like, I don't feel like NASA is really making... Sp- I guess they're like... I guess NASA's <laughs> at this point is like trying to be kind of ready to start working on sending people to Mars on the off chance that some president decides like you know what we need for our national morale is to send someone to Mars um right. yeah but yeah i can't imagine uh a world in which that would not be a disastrous policy decision though i suppose that uh, does not exclude the possibility that someone would do it. Yeah, yeah, easy, easy. Um, um, in the kitchen, Shaggy and Scoopy are having fun with some astronaut food. I get just an extended sequence here. They're like, yeah, it's really like... gross. That's not like I know astronaut food is like kind of gross, but this is just like disgusting colored pastes. That's it's just fluid. Yeah, yeah it's like paste that's coming. Yeah, out it's of like, like a a kind pouches. of viscous fluid. It's really and none of the like colors match up with yeah. what the things are supposed to be. There's like a thing. That's it's like st- when you like. It's like that. Um like applesauce in a in a pouch you know that people just drink straight from the like right it's like that except also if like sometimes the container said chop suey and then the thing was neon green which is just not appetizing Mm -hmm. at all yeah it's uh (laughs) Um, like come on shaggy and scooby have you don't want this have a little bit of (laughs) self-respect So then, uh, enter the tardigrade monster, uh, uh-huh. giant guy. Um, this is the first time we've seen him in his in his full form. Uh, he uh-huh. chases them through the the uh-huh. ship. They go through different people's quarters, like they go through Olga's, uh, like living quarters, and it looks like the Kremlin, basically. <laughs> like it has right. like ornate. 19th century Russian uh-huh. architecture <laughs> design. Yeah, this and is then, the other. Um, this is yeah. another question I have about Scooby doing Guess Who because I feel like I've heard you discuss at least one episode in which the monster was not a person in a mask, but some sort of animatronic or robot, and that's what I assumed had to be going on here. Uh, how common right. is that? Is it like a rarity, or is it like these villains often have higher tech? I mean, high tech stuff is just what it is now. Yeah, yeah. but it's very common. Well, common, but perhaps not this time. That is true. That is true. If anything, this would be be a scenario in which it would make sense for them. To exactly. Have yeah. To that's yeah. That's what I assume. Right. Yeah. And it would make sense that they could make an animatronic. Yeah. But yes. no. 
not so. Um, they also go through what I guess we can only assume is Aiko's quarters, based on Olga's, because it's like, like a dojo essentially, uh, with the like yeah. a, <laughs> a banner of people doing karate. Um, because this yeah. is what Japan, Japanese people do. Oh they, right, yeah, I their do. Homes I like do this. remember this now. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, if. I guess it's a good thing that I had kind of dropped my goal of uh, finding an episode that would uh, go in the rut tier without being racist, because this does not entirely meet that threshold. That is in, true. Uh, in 2020, I think? Yeah, yeah, 2020 is when mm-hmm. this came out. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. alright. I mean... <laughs> You know, certainly not as uh, outwardly disgusting as some of those earlier instances, but uh, do better, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Shaggy and Scooby dress up as, like, karate guys. and then they Yeah, they dress up as, like, the people away. that are on the wall. Yeah. And then they run away, they make it to the escape pod, and this was my favorite part of the episode, where uh, they're reading a sign that says, uh, in order to escape, press this button. Oh boy, and then yeah. Scooby-Doo presses the button, which launches in the escape pod, and then Shaggy yells at him. Yeah, which, I <laughs> <It's> mean, like... <laughs> Scooby-Doo, as we find out, has done a bad thing. He has let the escape uh-huh. pod go without... Um, Without them in it. That's not good. But, A, it would be incredibly cowardly for them to use the only escape pod leaving their friends on the the space station. That that feels like even a step too far for Scooby to do. The other thing is, this is a terrible design. How is it supposed to be used? I, I don't... Yeah, how are you supposed to yeah. press the button from inside yeah. the machine? <laughs> the button, yeah, the button should be inside, not outside. It really is, <laughs> um, you know, uh, past guest uh, kind of bemoaned the uh, sometimes Cinema Sins inspired nature of this podcast, but, uh, Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes that's all you can do. Yes, yeah. There, there's just not that much to be mined from Space Station Scooby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe we should go ahead and take a break here uh, to talk Thank about... Thank God. Or not to talk about this this episode, instead yeah. to play a game. Okay? Um, mm-hmm. This is part of the show where we play a game called Scooby or Not Scooby. Mm-hmm. This is when I collect a series of titles related to a... Uh, they don't have to be related to a topic in the episode, but I do try to um, line mm-hmm. it up, and sometimes those, uh, some of them will be Scooby-Doo titles, and some of them will be from something else. So Yeah, it's been I, quite a long time since I've played this game, because last time I was on, we of true. course played that uh, autofill game. Yeah, that was <laughs> a resounding <laughs> success. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh... Really got the hang of that game, I think. <laughs> um, so I wanted to do Bill Nye the Science Guy, except every episode of that is just called, like, Volcanoes. Yep. <laughs> or, like, 
or the rock cycle <laughs> it's like that that, that that will will not be believable um yeah so could you have done game, like is yeah. this a thing that neil degrasse tyson tweeted or a thing that matthew lillard tweeted I did consider something similar to that, <laughs> but that would have been a lot of work on my That's end. true. It would have. You would have had to read a lot of Neil deGrasse Tyson tweets. Yeah, just did not want to do that. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, what we're going to do instead is we're going to do just a classic uh, Scooby or not Scooby. Um, it is another educational children's show. Um, mm. Cyber Chase. Ooh, wow. A show I have seen countless episodes of. Very good. Very good. All right, good. Um, This just will cement you as our number one Cyber Chase expert, as you talked about the film, and now we're talking about Uh the television show. Um, So here we go. It's an episode of Scooby-Doo or an episode of Cyber Chase, which, by the way, is still Uh running. Um, yeah, I uh, went to go get a COVID test a couple months ago, and they were playing it in the uh, waiting room. And I was like, is Cyber Chase still on the air? And I looked it up, and it was like, yep, they're still making new episodes. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. There's like a lot of lore the Halloween... on that show. Oop, go ahead. The Halloween Howl. The Halloween Howl. Cyber Chase. Yes, the annual Halloween Howl Bash in Castle Blanc of course. promises to be spooktacular until Hacker takes over the mayor's castle and brings its seven stone gargoyles to life. Yep. I um, believe I remember being very excited one year for a Halloween airing of that episode. Very good. Very good. The computer walks among us. Huh. This could be either, I think. Uh, I'm going to say... Because obviously Cyber Chase is computer-themed, but Scooby-Doo has done computer-themed episodes. Um, I'm going to say Scooby-Doo. Yes, this is a pup named Scooby-Doo mm. episode. Um at a science project for Coolsville Junior High's Brain Club, <laughs> Velma invents the Dinkley 2000, a computer that can do it all, but soon she is framed for stealing when the computer goes wild. Suspicious. Uh-huh. I, uh... It... Ooh. Oh, Did I get hello. disconnected? <laughs> no, I'm still here. I just oh. stopped in the middle of my sentence. Um, okay. A murky mystery in Mermados. Mermados. Hmm. Mermados. I'm going to say Cyber Chase. This is Cyber Chase. Um, IMDb did not have a synopsis for this one, which is a shame because it's the one I want to know the most. <laughs> yeah, because I don't remember them going to a place called Mermados. But I, it doesn't sound like a Scooby-Doo location, and also it would be, I'm sure there are Scooby-Doo episodes that are called The Mystery of Something, but they could all be called that, so it's somewhat redundant. It's true. One million years before lunch. Ah, 
one million years before lunch. Scooby-Doo. Yes, this is an episode of Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> the guys are hanging out at the teen center building a do-it-yourself airplane. But when they test it out, they discover they have built a time machine that transports them to the Stone Age. They soon meet Dula, a pretty cave girl who likes Shaggy, but she is soon kidnapped by Wonga, who wants her for himself. I think I've seen that. <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> i mean they were they were just batting a thousand at that time yeah um i mean i think that's a clever title okay sure <laughs> sure alien schmalian hmm interesting alien schmalian Scooby-Doo. Yeah, this is an episode of Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo in which while stargazing, Scrappy notices a spaceship, and he's not the only one. Dr. Bleak and Hugo from the local circus notice it too and want to put the alien on the ship into their show. It's up to the guys to help out Zylon the alien before he's the main attraction. Mm, I've seen... I remember that one. Yeah, I've seen lots of alien episodes of Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo, but I do not believe I've seen that particular one. A crinkle in time. Uh, that is Cyber Chase. Yep, in which Digit and the kids go on a rescue mission to save Slider, searching for their friend all over a mysterious cyber site called Tiktokia. But it's all a big trick by a hacker, and Slider's not even there. If the Cyber Squad doesn't leave soon, they'll be stuck forever. Can they learn enough about gears to escape before the clock strikes mm-hmm. nine? Only time will tell. Mm-hmm. Wow. High stakes. It is. That's that's, uh, that's from one of the uh, like in the arcs that they did, mm-hmm. where they were trying to. I can't remember if the arc where they're rescuing Slider is the same as the one where they're trying to find his dad, or if those are different arcs. I don't know. An urchin matter. Wow. An urchin matter. I mean, this could be anything. I think any television program would be lucky to have come up with that pun and used it as a title i'm gonna say cyber chase yeah there's a mega mystery in mega bays the once healthy kelp in big bay is washing ashore the cyber squad must work with captain scuttlebutt keeper of the bays to get to the bottom of it Mm Hmm. okay last one the incredible cat lady caper uh, say that again. The Incredible Cat Lady Caper. Wow. Um. The Incredible Cat Lady Caper. Uh, I'm gonna say Cyber Chase. This is an episode of The New Scooby-Doo ah, Mysteries. so close. The cat lady burglar has been stealing from jewelry shops in a certain pattern, and she is set to strike next the jewelry shop right above the fearless detective agency. 
Can the guys stop her, or will she and her pets make off with the goods? There you go. Alright. Um, uh, yeah. That is That was an interesting okay. one, because I feel like it's easy for that to be misleading, because there are more episodes of Scooby-Doo that, obviously, every episode of Scooby-Doo is about a mystery, and every episode of right. Cyber Chase is about computers, but if they put it in the yeah. title, that might mean it's the other one, because it's important. That's right. But it yeah. also could just be they're making an obvious pun that has to do with the premise of their show. Or some sort of wordplay. Yeah. Most of those don't really rise to the level of pun. Yeah, if it was like, log on to Lava Land or something, then you'd be like, okay. Um, yeah. Feels interesting. <laughs> okay. Back to Sco Space Station Scooby. Mm-hmm. Which... Alright, uh, so Velma and Naiko are having like a little moment together. They're doing some science. Uh, Velma's explaining the tardigrade and how it can survive anything. You have supernovae, gamma rays, mm -hmm. meteorite impacts, and extreme cold and heat. All of this it can survive. Um, yes. Classic cool science thing. Um, mm -hmm. Meanwhile... Everyone else is out looking for Olga. Hmm. And this is where Bill Nye introduces something. <laughs> he says, we can find her with this thing. <laughs> Doesn't give a name for what it is. He just pulls out a device of some kind. It's like a drone, basically. Um, kind of looks like the thing in uh, the original Star Wars movie where, uh, like... The big floating orb that's got like a needle on the end that's gonna be used to torture Princess Leia or whatever. It's like that kind of mm. thing. Big, big spherical device. Yeah. Um, and he's it looks going evil. to use it. Yeah, it does look evil. Um, he's like, well, we could use this to find Olga because we can have it. No, they're not trying memorized. to find Olga. They're trying to find the tardigrade. The monster. Yes. Yeah. They just are also looking for Ulk at the same time. Yes. She's disappeared, but like, but yes, you're right. Um, yeah. Mission number one is to find the monster. So they have some hunk yes. of the monster that Daphne found, and they're going to use that to have the machine search for his scent. It's scent. Um, mm hmm yeah. And he's like, hey, isn't that cool? We can make this thing do that. Science rocks. What's up? And then they... they High five. Um, mm hmm So he's got, like, a drone that's, like, wandering around, and then Scooby's like, let me drive, so he uh -huh. drives, and it's knocking against the walls. <laughs> it's just filling time. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's going on That here. is what's happening. Um, yeah. But the thing does come across, like, a storage room or something where Olga is inside. Yes. Claiming that she just wanted a quiet place to work. Yeah, I mean, as soon as they come across Olga, it, if it wasn't already, becomes obvious who the villains of this episode are going to be. Olga. Hmm. It's obviously Olga. Perhaps. 
the machine is designed to look for the monster, and then they found her. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess it is Olga. But then we do realize that, in fact, the monster is in the vents. Yes. Uh, so maybe it's is, not Olga. We, because even if it is not. even if it is being remote-controlled, she is not operating it at that moment. That is true. Um, so then we got to figure out who's going to be the bait. And uh, Bill and Neil bond over both being annoying. <laughs> right, this is the point where I get really mad about their, like, probability joke, where I'm like, this is like, there's the fucking thing, if you watch, um, if you watch, uh, baseball on Apple TV+, Plus, which you don't have to describe to, uh, Apple TV+, Plus to do, you can do it even without a subscription, and so I... Uh, recommend tuning in even despite what I'm about to describe, which is that uh, in order to facilitate in-game betting, they have uh, contracted out with this company that comes up with very specific probabilities about uh, how likely it is for example for someone to get a hit or for someone to get an rbi when there are runners in scoring position and these things are presented with a level of precision far beyond what is reasonable and it only makes clear that they are compensating for the fact that they are clearly nonsense probabilities because they <laughs> do not make any sense. Uh, you will, for example, it will change throughout in at bat, uh, and so sometimes you will see something <laughs> like, uh, the prob say, maybe at the beginning of an at bat, the probability is 25% that they will get a hit, and then a ball will be thrown, and the probability will go down to 18%. Um... <laughs> this is, except with more precision, it'll go from, like, 25.7 to 18.2, uh, and this is what, uh, their bit about the probability of Shaggy and Scooby being bait reminds me of. I can't believe that you found a way to talk about baseball on this episode. Mm-hmm. It's very impressive. You have a gift. You have a gift. I mean, it truly um, is the first thing that occurred to me when they said that. Of course. No, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's so stupid. They're like, it's it's 95.4%. I mean, well, maybe it's actually 95.6% that Shaq they and Scooby will be. They use two decimal places, be. which is even worse. Yeah. And it's, it's like. It's real bad. Really, congratulations. You're able to calculate the probability that the guys who do the bait every single time are going to be the bait this time yeah really great job if anything they're too low it should be 99.8 percent or something yeah based on how many times they've done it um so it would have been a better bit if they had said "Ooh, i calculate it's a 98.6 percent probability that it's going to be shaggy and scooby and then daphne had been like you know what i think i'll do it this time yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be a, something a little new. 
Yeah, um, but so, that probably uh, would be a level too far in terms of uh, poking fun at their guest stars. Yeah, yeah. So they go into the vents, Shaggy and Scooby. Um, Neil is in their ear. He's got mm-hmm. like a, a mouthpiece or whatever. And he won't stop spouting fun facts to them. It's the right. most annoying thing in the world. Right. He says, out. it's maybe a tiny bit later, but it's in this sequence where he has the line that really distills him as a person. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. whoever wrote this line for him, uh, I mean, they did a what? This is the best piece of writing in the episode, certainly, in which Neil deGrasse Tyson says, I have uncontained thought energy. Yes, yes, which is very true. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a great way to describe what his deal is and why he is so annoying. The introduction uh, of him and perhaps he would do was... well to learn to contain some of his thought energy. Yeah, easy, easy. The introduction of these fun facts was like the moment that our that was I essentially would have turned this off if we weren't doing this. I would have stopped watching. I would have been like, I can't handle this anymore. It is so annoying. Yeah. (laughs) But I could believe that he would genuinely do this in this scenario. Oh, yeah, um, certainly. What are you going to do? There's a a funny bit here where Scooby is like, Shaggy, there's something in here with me. Oh yeah, and there's he's like that. freaking out because there's something in his suit, and it's like has a glimpse of a funny cosmic horror bit, um, and it's his tail is in the suit. Yeah, that out. is that was uh, that's like the closest to like that uh, were one of the one of the few things where I'm like, I guess that's a bit. Um, it's a fun bit, and it's unique to Scooby Doo, you know. Sure. It does happen immediately after, I think, Scooby-Doo's helmet fogs up, which certainly does not happen with spacesuits. But what can you do? Well, they're never as scared as Scooby-Doo is. I guess so. That's, I guess, that we can probably take as evidence that Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson were not given input on the writing of this episode because I think one of them would have been like, do you know how dangerous it would be if uh, we let uh, space helmets get foggy like that? Yeah, probably. Um, Uh, They they find the tardigrade hmm. monster, they run away from it, and now they're in outer space on the hull of the space station. Um, yeah, Fred, which, uh, well, so Fred. they, before they end up outside of the space station, there's this, like, stupid bit where they, like, run into the tardigrade, and they're, like, going backwards through the tubes, and they're, like, playing, like, weird video game music, uh, which is just, like, this sucks. Why? Yeah, it's... Like, who thought of this? Why did they think of it? Uh, the only reason that they could have been allowed to do it is that everyone else just went like, sure. Um, but then, yeah, we also come to 
I guess this is one of Fred's two plans this episode. We'll get to the other one in a little bit. But begs the question, what was the plan? Where were they supposed to lead the tardigrade that mm-hmm. yeah. ends up with them on the outside of the space station? Um, yeah, it's... <sighs> it's nothing. <laughs> um, so they end up, yeah, they're on this outside of the space station. Uh, they're scared. So Fred, Neil, and Daphne come out in their astronaut suits to save them. Mm-hmm. Neil um, goes too. Yeah, yeah. He gets to, to be a hero yeah. here. Um, you uh-huh. know, Shag and Scooby don't want to go in. They're scared of moving. And then uh-huh. Neil floats out some Scooby snacks to them. Yep. Like, oh, the science of Scooby snacks. He How boy does he say scintillating. That. The, the, the the wow wow. Wow. Um, But in my head, I'm like, you are an idiot. Because (laughs) it is well established that these two are brain dead. You know, just absolutely morons. (laughs) So you don't think that they will do There's a chance that Scooby-Doo's going to, yeah. You don't think there's a chance Uh, that Scooby-Doo's going to take his helmet off and eat the Scooby's neck right now? (laughs) Explode Scooby-Doo's head on on television? Well, I feel like we may be about to find out that space is not as dangerous in the world of Scooby-Doo that is as true. it is in real life. That is true. Um, yeah, um, I would have liked to see Neil deGrasse Tyson eat some Scooby snacks. I want to know what yeah. he would think of them. Would he be like, you know what? This is pretty good. Um, this is the type of uh, humanizing that uh, mm-hmm. being on a show like Scooby-Doo could afford to a somewhat cold public figure like him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> inside of the space shuttle, <laughs> Bill Nye gets attacked by the target, mm-hmm. who yeah. just, like, beats him up and takes his keys. <laughs> yes! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it manages that it doesn't really have like hands uh but yeah that is what we don't really we see him get knocked to the ground and then we cut away so that velma can let everyone else in and then when we cut back to him the tardigrade is gone and he's just like it took my keys (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) Um, um, so, so yeah. While ne- while Neil gets to you know go out on a spacewalk and save Shaggy and Scooby, <laughs> yeah. Bill Nye gets beaten up by a, by a water a jar- and, and yeah, literally mugged. <laughs> yep, he does. Yeah, that's what happens. Uh, it also um, somehow steals some of Jacques Pierre and Pierre Jacques' research from the diary mm. that Velma had. Yeah, which means it's now time to set a trap. Uh-huh. Um, Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson are going to help out with this. Um, I mean, it's just yeah. another, like, oh, isn't science awesome bit where they're like, yeah. well, we've made this, we've based this on an interact, which is a nine-dimensional polytope. And it's like, what are you talking about? You just... Yeah, that's like through a room. Yeah. <laughs> like, also, like, 
even a geometry nerd isn't gonna know about polytopes and any whatever. Yeah. It's just like, come on, you're like, I don't know. It it really is you like, talk, yeah. It's like, shut up. You talk about magnets on TV for kids. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, you're not. You're not this person. It's just a this style of writing for characters is the most annoying thing that I can like just picture. I hate it so much. Yeah, um, it's it's really bad. So the the tardigrade shows up. He like bounces around all the different ropes, but he grabs Shaggy and Scooby, who accidentally flip the airlock switch. Um. And this is where we so they that, do it uh, accidentally okay because i was wondering like again with the plan like what was the plan here what would have what would have happened if it had worked i guess they wanted him to get caught up in the ropes like in a i net, guess basically. so i guess so um that does not happen. So yeah. Shaggy and Scooby are, are they got the tardigrade holding on to their leg and they're hanging out of the airlock. The airlock. The airlock. Wide open. Yep. You know, it, depressurizing yeah. the, tardi- the, the, yeah. caption, the cabin right now. Uh huh. The tardigrade shoots off into space. Uh, and fortunately. They, like, they push him into yeah, space. Yeah, right. They, like, they do. Sh- like Velma and Neil deGrasse Tyson to come up and push him off yeah. Shaggy and Scooby into open uh-huh. space. <laughs> And they lock yes. the door behind them. And then they lock the door. And and then Velma's like, well, what? why do we do that? We gotta go save him. <laughs> yeah. Everyone other than Velma is like, well, great. That's the end of that. We've won. Mm-hmm. The tardigrade's gone. We don't have to worry about this anymore. Uh, Velma's like, no, we have a moral imperative to save to this. To save this monster. Yes. Even though we've established that they can survive in any condition, so it should be fine. That's true. That's true. It should be fine. Which is maybe why Velma's the only one who's concerned, because she's the only one who's smart enough to know. I guess so. A person. I guess so. Or maybe contribute in helping knock it into outer space. So I don't. I truly don't know. Yeah, it's (laughs) yeah. We can't give her too much credit for empathy. So, uh. We got the keys back. No, we don't have the keys. The target has this ship has the keys. No, we didn't we get the have... keys. They just hotwire yeah. it. They hotwire Bill Nye's spaceship. Yeah. Oh, this is a thing <laughs> that I forgot to mention is that at the beginning of the episode, when he's first turning on the space the spaceship, there's like an issue with the ignition. Which never mind mm-hmm. that that's not how the ignition of a spaceship works. If that were how it right. worked, and there were an issue, they'd be like, abort, abort, we cannot yeah. go into space <laughs> yeah. today, this is far too dangerous, we will die. Um, yeah. But yeah, now it works fine, because they hotwired it. They hotwire the ship, they're gonna go flying out looking for the monster, you know, they gotta save it before it burns up on re-entry. To, uh, Turns up on reentry to Earth, you know, like going into the um, through the atmosphere. So what they do is they get in the thing. They got this giant claw that comes out of the bottom of it, um, 
and they they capture him right before he goes into the atmosphere. And by the by the by the way, by the way, at this point in the episode, I'm like, did we find any clues at all? Um, um at all, at all. Not really. I, I mean, Velma read Jacques Pierre in Pierre Jacques journal, and I feel like. I feel like they got like a piece of a piece of tardigrade at some point, maybe. Am I remembering that right? Yeah, definitely found that. I just think yeah. that you know, first and foremost, Scooby Doo is a mystery show. Uh huh. Um, but there, that does not seem to be the case this time around. They're sort of just antics and adventures, you know, which is fine. I guess it's fine. But as I was watching them flying through space to capture a giant tardigrade on its way back to Earth, I'm like, this is this is not Scooby-Doo right now. This is something else. I don't know yeah. what this is, but it's a different cartoon. Um, yeah. But they get it. They get it. Uh, but now they're going too fast on their way into the atmosphere. Um Bill Nye is able to slow their descent because he's a master spaceship pilot, I guess. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, the landing gear is out on the space shuttle. They can do a belly landing, but they're going to need an extra uh, set of wheels. This is uh, one of the... This is what in an epi, in a terrible episode. This is one of the points at which I just go, "What are we doing?" Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. They need an extra set of wheels. We've mm-hmm. got an extra set of wheels. We know that. It's the mystery yeah. machine. Yeah. Uh-huh. But how are we going to pilot the mystery machine without being inside of it? Well, on a previous episode, Mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo, guess who? Called When Urkel Bots Go Bad. The episode in which the gang meet Steve Urkel. Uh-huh. Steve Urkel gave Freddy some sort of a device that will allow him to remote control the mystery machine. So we're yep. calling back to this. Mm-hmm. And then Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson reveal that they know Steve Urkel is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are we doing here? Yeah. What are we doing? It real I will say my immediate concern when this happened, because I was aware that the episodes had been reorganized, was if you are watching this on HBO Max, have they met Steve Urkel yet? Or did they accidentally <laughs> move this to before they met Urkel? But fortunately, even on HBO Max, the Urkel episode is, I think, three or four episodes before this one. So they at least have not made that grievous error. Uh... But yeah, Urkel, we're calling back to when they met Steve Urkel. Uh, (sighs) Um, So yeah, Fred gets out his little device and and he 
uses it to remote control the mystery machine into lining up perfectly with the space shuttle as they land so they all survive. It's time for an unmasking, you know? Mm -hmm. And the Tardigrid monster is, in fact, Jacques-Pierre and Pierre-Jacques. Yep. They're, uh... They're both in there. They're in there at the same time. They don't have it on the spacesuits. Nope, so they're just in there. They, vacuum I guess, right, yeah, I guess the, uh, the tardigrade costume is in itself a spacesuit, because I'm sure they anticipated being blasted out into space in the suit. Yeah. So then we get the explanation for their plan. You're going to have to remind me, because I did not get to this point in my rewatch, and I remember it is very, very convoluted and has nothing to do with anything that we have learned, but I do not remember what it is. So they fake their own death, as is evident, because mm -hmm. they're here. Um, they created the tardigrade monster mm -hmm. out of food packets. Out of astronaut food. Yes. This costume out of astronaut food. Yes, this uh, uh, space-safe costume mm -hmm. they've made out yeah. of astronaut yeah. food packets. Prehensile, right. you know, like giant thing has can show emotion. Basically, is uh -huh. made out of space food. That's fine. Uh -huh. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Jacques Pierre um, and Pierre Jacques, why... I guess are. They're they're really good at what they do. Yeah, yeah. The reason why they did all of this is because they discovered a deep space formula for the world's best sunblock. And they wanted to get back to Earth so they could sell it. As Bill Nye says... Because climate change is going to make problems for us in the future. They knew that they could make lots of money off of this. Sunblock. I'm shocked hearing you say this, even though I watched this episode and saw this happen. And it does ring a bell, but truly... It, I mean, I, I guess, I, I suppose maybe in... Bill Nye's, uh, in his contract, he was like, ooh, the, the villain should be someone who's gonna, uh, profiteer off of climate change, and they were like, uh, yeah, sure. And then they did it, I guess. Uh. Yeah, they did, they did it, they, they sure did is, it. Um, yeah, <laughs> Jesus. What, uh. It makes me want to... It makes me want to pivot to being a climate change denier just to spite them for writing this. Like, it, is, it is so galactically stupid. Like, yeah. Just, and, and as I mean, we it said, doesn't have anything to do... Like, that's yeah, not... There's literally that's no gonna basis be the least of our concerns. There's maybe, like... I, I mean, I guess maybe there's, like, a... A five-year window where uh, sunblock's gonna be a big thing, but like it, 
heat is not warming is not what causes sunburn it's just the sun the sun is not getting closer uh, no. I mean, I that's you know I guess like stuff with like the hole in the ozone layer, it is probably allowing in more ultraviolet light. I'm I may be going too far in uh, stooping to Neil deGrasse Tyson's level, which is that is what I suppose we should be more concerned about on this particular episode than on coming across as cinema sins, but. I guess to that, I would just say that, uh, the two of us are substantially, uh, funnier and more charming than Neil deGrasse Tyson is, so we can do it, and he can't, uh. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, also, like, there's no, they did not mention Yeah, it's not, yeah, <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything that... Yeah, it's really... A cardinal sin that Scooby-Doo can do is to not lay the groundwork for the explanation at the end. Yeah. If you can't figure it out for yourself, then what's the point? You know? Like, like it's to encourage children to, to be curious, you know? Like, come yeah. on! Neil deGrasse, this is what they're all about. Yeah. It is like I mean, yeah, not it... to be not to be one of these guys, but Carl Sagan said that exactly. Scooby Doo was his favorite cartoon. <laughs> so, yeah, I had that thought too, and it is like yeah, this that. is not living up to uh, that. No, no, he would be furious. Yeah, by this, probably. I don't think he would watch it. <laughs> no, I don't. His. Uh... His son is still around and has written for TV, I think. They could have hired him. They could have. It's yeah. True. He teaches at uh, Ithaca College as well, where my brother went. So Jacques-Pierre and Pierre-Jacques ran into some problems when they when Neil deGrasse Tyson locked down the whole ship. Um, so their plan mm-hmm. wasn't able to work out. Especially whenever Scooby Doo made the escape pod launch on its own. So yeah, that was a problem. To steal Bill's ship. Um, but they instead got launched into deep space by Velma uh-huh. and the Grass Tyson. So that didn't work out either. Um, so they have been thwarted. And as a reward for their hard work, Neil deGrasse Tyson gives Shaggy and Scooby a, a truckload of. Of astronaut food, their favorite yeah. thing in the world. Yeah. Ugh. I mean... And then... <laughs> I guess I'm glad that they seem happy with this. Uh... Yep. And the episode ends with Velma and Bill Nye both bonding over not being able to be astronauts despite their... Well, I could being their dream. And then Neil deGrasse Tyson shows up and ruins the moment by espousing fun facts once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the that's the end. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the point at which I was like, Neil deGrasse Tyson is not good in this episode, but I don't feel like he is necessarily the problem with the episode. Right. I think... Right. 
even the the episode without him is still uh disastrous and he is just like a mild annoyance to add on top of that yeah yeah i mean this is the thing where like scooby and guess who is not the best written show most of the time so when the guests are bad too, it just really, mm-hmm. really plummets it. Um, right. But we will take the time to rank it on our heavy metal tier list. But before we uh-huh. can do that, Jesse, the time has come to play a little game called Jinkies or Stinkies. Uh-huh. Now the way this game works is that each week I collect a series of five stories or facts related mm-hmm. to a topic in the episode some uh-huh. of which will be true which are jinkies and some of which will be fake which are stinkies uh-huh. we're only doing five now six is, is gone away five is the new number that sounds good but, yes it's better for everyone because it means that i don't have to do as much work um but it also means that it you won't get caught up on metagaming thinking that there will always be three and three even That's though there are often weren't three and three Makes things mm-hmm. different. It could be, you know, three and two, could and be also, four and one. Good, and it also five and zero. makes it marginally easier to get all of them correct. That is true. That is true. So, we shall see, Jesse. We'll this see. is your time. Yep. With Space Station Scooby, the topic is space stations. Okay. okay. Uh huh. Here we go. Um. So when I was researching for this, I decided just to. Look up some questions and find answers to them, okay? So each each one of these is formulated around a question. Okay. So, what do they eat on the ISS? The typical image of astronaut food, the sort of small freeze-dried globules of food you buy at the Children's Museum, is more accurate than you might think, as most of the food has to be freeze-dried or dehydrated to allow for long periods of storage in outer space. When it comes to meat, NASA has dispensation from the FDA to irradiate meat in order to keep it for, uh, in storage. So what happens when the astronauts want something special? Well, to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of continuous habitation on the station in 2010, Burger King teamed up with NASA to give the American crew a real treat. Three-month supply of Whopper combo meals. The packs came with osmotically dried french fries and coke flavor packets that could be mixed in with uncarbonated water. But the real creme de la creme was the Space Whoppers. They came with irradiated burger patties, dehydrated cheese and ketchup, and some buns that were formulated specifically to have a longer shelf life at the expense of a fresh taste. Is that a jinky or a stinky? Wow. I'm going to say that's a jinky. It is a stinky. Oh, well. Irradiated meat is a real thing, but the Burger King thing never happened. Uh Uh-huh. No Burger King in space. Okay, that that would be... It would certainly be a waste, but I can see how it would be worthwhile for Burger King to fund that. Sure, yeah. Maybe you should uh, pitch it to them. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, hey, look at this. Look at this thing I came up with. You can do that. Yeah. Can just anyone go to the space station? 
The answer is no, you have to be a trained astronaut as part of an expedition by any of the various countries affiliated with the ISS. However, under the Trump administration, the answer was nearly yes, assuming you're extremely wealthy and well-connected. Trump had planned to make the American module of the ISS commercially accessible under private flights for an absurd price tag. For millions of dollars, he could go to space, and the price of that ticket would pay for the space program, as well as his brand new initiative, the Space Force. NASA advisors convinced him that this would be a huge safety risk and would reflect badly on his image if one of the private guests died on their way up there. They also turned down his other idea, which was to raise funds for the space program by putting a giant billboard on the bottom of the ISS that could be seen from the night sky. Is that a jinky or stinky? Stinky. It is a stinky. Yes, I made that one up. Yeah. I made that one up. Has anyone ever found alien life on the ISS? <laughs> this question is a touchy one. But in 2017, a Russian cosmonaut found living bacteria on the outside of the space station that was not there when they went up. Anton Shklaplerov, part of Russia's ISS crew, explained that the team swabs their part of the station during spacewalks and sends it back to Earth for testing. He claims that not only was the bacteria not present on the module when it originally launched into orbit, but that it came from outer space and settled along the external surface. This study has not been peer-reviewed, however, and others believe that the bacteria probably came from the Earth-bound lab upon arrival and contamination. Is that a jinky or sinky? Jinky. That one is true. It is true. He did say that. I don't know if I believe it, but he did say that it came from outer space. So we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Has anyone ever had sex in space? Well, the short answer is definitely yes, probably more than we know of. But there was one expedition sent to the ISS for the explicit goal of testing the effects of outer space orbit on sexual reproduction. Dubbed the Venus Mission, the European Space Agency sent two astronaut couples to the ISS who were interested in forming a family to attempt to conceive in zero gravity. There was an Italian couple and a couple from Germany who after 28 days came back to Earth, neither set, pregnant. When asked, Italian astronaut Andres Bianchi joked that it was the easiest work he'd ever done and the first time he'd been relieved to have an experiment with no results. Is that a jinky or stinky? Stinky. Yes, I made that one up too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> that's what high life is about. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one left. Okay. One left. Has anyone ever died on a space station? Not on the ISS, but an early precursor, yes, definitely. Having been completely humiliated by the Americans being first on the moon, the Russians wanted to be the first to have a fleet of space stations in orbit around the Earth. They got their first one in orbit in 1971, just a few years after the moon landing. But the rushed venture of the Nebo-1 proved deadly, as the oxygen system hadn't been properly filtered. There were three astronauts who first came to the Nebo, and when the first one, Mikhail Sidorov, took off his astronaut's helmet, he immediately began breathing heavily as a result of the high amount of toxic chemicals in the air. He put his mask back on, and the three of them sought out to fix the filtration system to allow them to, to survive for long enough to get a premature shuttle back to Earth worked out. But it was no use, as Sidorov 
died a few days later. Wow. I'm gonna say... Jinky. That one's also a stinky. Wow. Yes, yeah, I'm did. glad that didn't happen. That would have been sad. Would have been very sad. Yes. Yes. Well, it did not happen. I don't think anyone has died on the ISS either. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Good news. All right, Jesse. We got to rank this thing. Um, we have a, a heavy metal tier list. There are five tiers. Starting from the mm-hmm. bottom is the rut row tier. The absolute worst of the worst. The bottom of the barrel. Up from that is the Scooby Dumb tier. Thrubsids we think are very dumb. Then we have the middle of the road, the just another mystery tier. Thrubsids we think are pretty standard. Don't do anything terrible, but don't do anything good either. Then we have the groovy tier for episodes we like a lot but just don't do enough to make it into the cream of the crop the best of the best the golden scoob tier what are we thinking i think or space station i think scooby. if there is a rut row it is this this is pretty bad it's pretty bad um yeah it is i mean like it is to my mind clearly worse than like the, you're like even you're like scrappy do short nonsense. Interesting, interesting. Elaborate, elaborate. I'm I just think like those. Elaborating. I don't think you can get out. Get those episodes. They're substantially shorter, and I feel like that's true. Even even in like the pits, you're gonna get one or two jokes that are like almost funny. And even mm-hmm. that low bar is not met by this episode. I think this episode would be better if Scrappy-Doo were in it. <laughs> I mean, that is... That is... Whatever the opposite of high praise is, that is. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I also... Think he... I think I've said on this podcast before, I think it's time to bring him back. Uh, yeah, yeah, bring him back. They shouldn't bring him back in order to salvage a terrible, no good, unwatchable episode, though. Uh, I think this is pretty bad. I do agree with you. I think that, that like, the guests are insufferable. Um, the, the, the plot doesn't exist, there just isn't one. It's a bunch of antics that are really stupid, and um, I only like laughed maybe once. And, um, I, I don't know when that would have been. I mean, there's one point at which I like wrote in my notes. Oh, that was kind of funny, I guess. But I didn't laugh. That was, I think, just like the sight sure. gag. I guess of, that's true. I don't think I, I yeah. laughed either. Yeah. Like I think the sight um, gag of Shaggy and Scooby all of a sudden being outside of the space station is like i guess that's formulated in the way that a sight gag is formulated but as soon as soon as you think about it you're like what no that shouldn't happen it's terrible yeah yeah i mean it sucks it's just it's a bad episode of scooby-doo there's no mystery the monster doesn't barely like makes an impression. It's I think we can 
I think we can make this a rut row. I do. I think All right. We can, we can do it. Well. The inaugural introduction into the rut row tier. Yep. Is Scooby-Doo and Guess Who, season one, episode 26. Space Station Scooby. And I'm sure that there's not a single other episode in Guess Who that could possibly make it this low. <laughs> well. Not a one. Uh, certainly not that I will cover, uh, because... You, you don't want to come back and talk about Ricky Gervais or Jeff Dunham? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Jesse, uh, great pick from you. I know you were really excited to talk about this episode. Um, yeah. You were really insistent that we cover it, so I'm glad that... Uh-huh. Everything worked out, and that um, uh-huh. we had a, a, a great time like this. Um, uh-huh. Is there anything that you want to plug for the people? Um, yeah. Uh, I do a podcast called Can I Kick It? I took a little break, uh, but by the time you were listening to this, I am back-ish. Um, yeah, check out my Twitter, uh, J.C.P. Glick Weber. Weber has two Bs. Um, I think that's it. Uh, check out, check out Major League Baseball on any number of platforms apple tv plus apple tv youtube yeah. uh i'm not sure i haven't tried to watch one of the peacock games yet i'm not sure if you have to subscribe to peacock though i think those are also just aired on nbc broadcast television um baseball it's all over the place now uh, actually, I'll say specifically check out the Peacock ones. They hired Jason Benetti, who's actually a very, very good announcer. Uh, sure. Uh, stand by that. Um, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at the Real Brundine on Twitter. You can follow the show at Heavy Metal Pod on Twitter. If you liked this episode, tell some friends to listen to it. It is this is a weekly show in which the uh, episode that we covered changes each week, as does the guest, but I am always here, as is our pal, Scooby-Doo. So, thank God for um, Yes, thank God for that. We love we love that, that big old guy. Um, if you... Yeah, that's all, that's all I have to say, I guess. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you again to Jesse for joining me this week. Yeah. Um, of course she will be back again that's a guarantee it may be with another person for the first five timers club we'll see maybe um and to all you meddling kids out there remember to stay groovy (laughs) 